Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is March 17th, 2023, Anno Domine. It is the Feast of St. Patrick. First up tonight, folks, Congress has revealed a $3 million transfer from the CCP to the Biden family. We're going to explain all of it next. The Douglas Mackey meme trial is set to begin Monday in New York City. And finally, we're going to play for you part two of our exclusive interview with James O'Keefe. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. I get calls from my father to tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the spy chief of China who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, found it, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to build the largest LNG port in the world. And, I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York, from the U.S. Attorney himself. My best friend in business, Devin, has named me as a witness without telling me. In a criminal case, and my father, without telling me. Millions of dollars have now been discovered flowing through Chinese investment banks and other ventures to the Biden family. And so we know this has gone at this point to Hunter Biden, James Biden, who's Joe Biden's brother, Haley Biden, who is, was the wife of Bo Biden and was at one point romantically involved with Hunter Biden. Tens of thousands of dollars went to her as well. And A lot of people are reporting the story. A lot of people are focusing on it. We need to dig in, but we also need to contextualize it. What the Bidens were running was a family operation, and people need to keep this clear. In the emails, it is specifically delineated that when they need something paid for, when Jill Biden needs something paid for, for example, she reaches out to Hunter and tells him where to send the money, tells him what uh, contracts need to be paid, what invoices need to be taken care of, whether it's a contractor, whether it's a bill, whether it's prepaid uh, debit cards, this type of thing. Hunter Biden's money, they consider not as his money, they consider it to be the family's money. And that's exactly what you see with these payments here. Some gets broken off to this person, some gets broken off to that person, but it all gets spread around. Because at the end of the day, 
This was a family operation. So it's very similar to what you saw with the Clinton Foundation. But what was the point? And this is what I think a lot of people are missing. Why were they paying them all these millions of dollars? And when you look, for example, at the Trump family, you can see they have real estate, they have golf courses, they have resorts, they have businesses that employ people that then receive a return on their investment. That's why they take out loans. What exactly are the Bidens selling? What exactly, <laughs> you know, what are their customers come to them for? What are they getting for all these millions of dollars? It's obviously political favors. But what was the China Energy and Company Limited doing? Ye Jianming. And so to understand Ye Jianming, you have to, it's very clear. This guy, CEFC Energy, these payments were being made because he was involved in building the Belt and Road Initiative. One Belt, One Road. This was the Chinese energy and infrastructure project that's going on throughout Central Asia, throughout South Asia, all the way up to Europe, the Middle East. They're trying to build the not only roads, highways, railroads, ports, pipelines, South China Sea, it's all interconnected. And so what he was doing, he wasn't just sprinkling money around in the US. You have to understand it from their perspective. He was doing this around the globe. The Biden family was just one note of it. This is the wings of the dragon spreading across the world. And you're just seeing one little piece of it here because you're looking at the Bidens, but you have to look at it from his perspective. Now, what's interesting, by the way, so of course, he was paying off people all over the world, all over the world in terms of this. But what's also interesting is that a few years ago, and that's what you hear Hunter Biden talking about in that video, he was actually sacked by Xi Jinping. And what have we talked about? Xi Jinping has made taking out anti-Xi Jinping officials, leaders all across the country a pastime of his, that if you cross him, if he views you as being disloyal, if he views you as a, a potential problem or even a potential rival, you're done for. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much influence you have. It doesn't matter if Biden's in your back pocket. You're done. That's what happened to Ye Jianming. And that's what Hunter Biden is freaking out about because now he's got people calling him asking, hey, wait a minute, you were doing business with this guy. Now this guy just got taken out by Xi Jinping. Because you have to understand that the tentacles of this dragon, it's not just at the political level, it's in the media level as well. So many American businesses, the US Chamber of Commerce, so many groups owe their money to China at this point. Amazon, Apple, they're effectively Chinese corporations because of the level of, of influence and the level of economic activity that they depend on from China. So of course, they are going to do Xi Jinping's bidding. Who owns the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos. Folks, this stuff is connected much higher. And all you're seeing is the threads of it that crumble down from the sky. But you have to understand the big picture. As the parallel economy continues to grow, we've seen a whole ton of conservative coffee companies come and go. And I held off until I found one that I liked. And I want to tell you why I'm so happy to tell you about Blackout Coffee. But I got to tell you, actually, honestly, 
I just ran out of my blackout coffee and I'm pretty upset because I need to put a new order in and I'm going for coffee every morning. My blackout ain't there. Look, it is not enough to simply taste great. You want to be proud to support the company knowing that they align with your conservative values. And that's what I'm telling you to give blackout a try. That is why I'm proud to personally recommend them. It's a coffee company that's 100% committed to conservative values. From sourcing their beans to the roasting process, customer support and shipping, they've got an incredible work ethic and accept no compromise on taste or quality. You just go to blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO and use promo code POSO for 20% off your forced order. Stop giving your money to companies that hate you. Stay true to our values. Social media influencer Douglas Mackey, also known as Ricky Vaughn, is accused of conspiring with others to interfere with people's right to vote. That's according to the DOJ, who arrested Mackey in his Florida home on Wednesday. In 2016, Mackey posted a series of internet memes to allegedly spread disinformation about the voting process. One image on his Twitter urged voters to avoid the line and vote from home by texting their votes to a number provided. The complaint says almost 5,000 different phone numbers responded to the image, but it's not known whether or not those people cast a real vote, too. So the jury has been seated, and Douglas Mackey, a.k.a. Ricky Vaughn from Twitter in 2016, is going on trial. It's going on federal trial for what they call election interference. This trial begins on Monday in Brooklyn, New York City. This is a case that we've never seen anything quite like it in America. We've just never seen anything at this level in our country's history. So he's on trial for posting a meme, a meme that a lot of people didn't like, a meme that targeted a candidate who went on to lose the race. And now, her political supporters are trying to criminalize and do anything they can to criminalize their political opposition. And in this case, a guy who is one of the leaders, one of the dissidents, one of the loudest voices online against that political candidate. And they're going to take every single statement. They're going to say, oh, well, he was, you know, he what, what about this time? What about this thing he said? What about that? They're going to take every single thing that he's ever said in his life, and they're going to use it against him. But at the end of the day, this case is not about one person. It's not even about one election. They're going to tell you it is, but that's actually not true. What this case is about is about what it fundamentally means to be an American citizen. Because in this country, we have something called our values and the legal term for our values, the way that we created our, our legal system that, that all of us were born into, or, or you may have immigrated to, those are called your legal rights. And the very first one in our constitution is the first amendment. And that's called freedom of speech. And we talk about it a lot, but what does it mean? Freedom of speech in America means to say whatever you want and be free from legal consequences to prevent you from that speech. Now, I'm not talking about defamation. I'm not talking about libel. I'm not talking about any of those things. That's civil. 
I'm talking about the government cannot, under this amendment, find you to have committed a crime for speech. Look, I've been in New York City, I've been in a lot of cities. Guess what? I walk around in those cities all the time and I see things, I see t-shirts and billboards and placards and signs. I see all sorts of stuff that I don't like. I see them promoting child gender surgery. I see t-shirts that I disagree with. I see t-shirts that I find offensive personally. But here's the difference. In this country, you can't put someone in jail for a t-shirt that you don't like. And that's basically what this is. You're taking someone, you didn't like the fact that you were the brunt of a joke, which is obviously all this was, and they're trying to use him joking about it with his friends as evidence of a conspiracy about him laughing about a joke that he made with a couple of buddies as if that's a crime. They are trying to criminalize this. And now let's say that, they'll say that, hold on, wait a minute though. This is different because it's an election. And I say, it's true, it is different. And it is an election. But political speech absolutely must be the speech that we defend the most because that's the most important. That speech involving an election, an election where people are running to be the leaders, in this case, the president of the United States. So guess what? I'm absolutely going to make sure that I defend that because people need to understand this is about setting a legal precedent. This is about setting a standard because if they can do this to this guy in New York, they're going to do it to you. They're going to do it to your family. They're going to do it to your kids. They're going to do it to anyone who steps out of line. It's being done at this time because they know we're going into election season here and they want it to send a chilling effect across the entire country so that nobody will even think of crossing the line ever again. Only one side is allowed to do parody. Only one side is allowed to do satire. Only Saturday Night Live, only an approved corporate media outlet is allowed to actually use satire and humor and comedy under the First Amendment. When they do it, you know, when they do it, Joe Biden goes on the show. But somebody on the other side does it, a dissident does it, we're going to send the FBI after you in your home. We're going to have the media dox you. We're going to dox witnesses in the case, which has already been done. And then we're going to intimidate your family. People need to wake up and see this case for what it is. This isn't a case about one person. This is a case about who we are as a country. Do you want to live in a country where you can be prosecuted for posting a meme? It's as simple as that. And they've set up a website, memedefensefund.com. If you want to support, please go to the website and support them. I post on Twitter all the time. I've posted meme after meme after meme on Twitter. We do the pre-creations here from Human Events Daily. And we're going to be continuing to do those too, by the way. Because 
we are going to exercise our First Amendment rights. We're not scared about using the First Amendment. They want you to be scared. They want you to be terrified of saying or doing anything that steps out of line. But we are going to continue to use satire and ridicule and comedy and humor. You know why? Because it's effective. And we're going to get our points across. And they say, oh, well, you're just doing that. You know, you're just being a provocateur. You're right. I am. I absolutely am. Because I'm, because I'm an American. And I thought that was the entire point. Right. And, and I think people have to realize that, I mean, you've walked towards the fire for the entire time that I've known you. The challenges that come up, whether it be the New York Times, whether it be lawsuits, whether it be literal FBI raids uh, coming at you, people have to understand that when you're doing what James O'Keefe does on a regular basis, you have that constant sort of Damocles that's just hanging above your head. You don't know when that when there is a knock at that door at five in the morning or five in the evening, whenever it is, you don't know who's on the other side of that. Right. And that's always something that's the danger, I think, of living on the edge. And that's why so many journalists today, they, you know, they they go back into whatever's safe. They say, I'm just going to do the work of Pfizer. I'm going to do the work that uh, big tech wants, that Silicon Valley wants. Well, let's take a look at Silicon Valley right now. Does that seem like it's being run very well? Let's take a look at the banking sector. Let's take a look at pharma. All of this, it's all falling apart. So, so James, what can people do when they we see our government and we see our system, not just government, but our whole system that seems like it's falling apart at the seams. And yet all the people, how many people that go there, thousands of people every day, they show up, they go to work, they check in, they clock in, they check out, they work their eight hours, they come back. Meanwhile, Credit Suisse is falling apart. You got banks falling apart left and right. Gavin Newsom's bank, who doesn't even tell us, gets a bailout bailout because he's pushing for a bailout. And guess what? They bailed out his own bank because of course he does. So I guess what I what I when I come back on the side of it is when we live in a time of such corruption, when so many systems are going crazy, not to mention not even to get into the election stuff, because obviously we're getting close to to 24. So we know there's going to be a lot of elections coming up. But when you look at these types of things, do you have any specific targets in terms of industries that you look at on the horizon or potential leads in uh, to different areas that you're looking at with OMG as you start out here? Um, I would say all of it. I mean, if you're every school board, every NGO, every three-letter agency, every city council, I think I think this whole process with Pfizer has awakened a sleeping giant. I've never seen anything like it in terms of people DMing me and messaging. I mean, thousands say to hell with it. I forget my nine to five. Give me the camera. So I, I've never seen that before. Um, sometimes things happen for a reason. So I think in the coming months, you'll see this army expanding into every state house, every school board, everywhere people are conspiring to keep themselves in power and line and line their pockets with tax dollars. And their and their greed and their self-interest um, is, is hurting society. That's the purpose of journalism. We all know real journalism has been dead for a long time now. And when I got started, one of the biggest stories, Jack, is remember the acorn story, the pimp and hooker, two kids from the cast of High School Musical 3 had to break that story with their grandmother's chinchilla coat and $1,300 in credit card debt. Where was the New York Times? I mean, it, it's going to require some sacrifices of people. Um, it's going to require a leap of faith. And I've taken that leap of faith. I mean, I've, I've, I've been ousted from the organization I founded. 
and I'm taking a leap of faith and I'm asking people to take a leap of faith with me and my band of brothers. I've got 10 elite journalists. These are the best of the best of the best working with me right now. And you can subscribe on the website, sponsor a camera, get access to our website. We'll have more material for you very soon. But it, I think it requires taking a leap of faith. And I, and I think the real mission here is to give people hope. I think that real miss, mission is to give people hope and um, get through this fear that people are fearing, feeling. Uh, people are very afraid. So it's our job to find the people who are not afraid and create an army of citizen journalists. Amen. Now, now, now I got to ask, right, because, you know, I, and I follow you on social media. I don't just share the stuff, but, but you had this picture with right in, you know, obviously in the wake of Pfizer, someone who's been very outspoken about that RFK junior, you guys looked like you were out hiking to me. Like you're on the, on, on a huge hike, obviously on social media, you've been posting that you go to the gym on a regular basis. And if you can for us, cause I got a little bit of time left with you here, walk me through what's a day in the life of James O'Keefe. Like, do you find that training that physical fitness is a way for you to maintain? Obviously you've got a huge, you've got so much hope, even in the face of everything that's been thrown against you, you've got energy, you've got exuberance, you've got ambition. Do you find that that comes through physical activity? And do, do you find that helpful? Walk us through just what's, what's a day in the life uh, of James O'Keefe like? Wow. Um, well, I think that the, the biggest source of strength through this whole process has probably come from God. Um, and there's been a lot of grace afforded to me. I'll, although I've been through a lot of pain in my life and everyone of us goes through pain, right? We all experience pain different differently and we lose loved ones or, you know, get fired from our jobs. We all go through that. Um, I, and to help answer your question, um, you know, my mentor, Andrew Breitbart died March 1st, 2012, arrested twice by the FBI, uh, three years on effective house arrest when I was 25 to 28 years old, two federal jury trials in the last three years, constant defamation over and over and over and over again. In the very beginning, when I was 26, the Wikipedia page made me cry. It was so horrible. I mean, just literally stating the opposite of what is true. And it just over and over again for so many years, it strengthens you for the next, for the next one. And then it strengthens you for the next one. And I mean, I went through a horrible trial in, in September of literally this past year, two weeks in federal court with a, with a jury who was, it was just, it was just a horrible almost satanic experience. Um, and that was actually harder than this. All these things have strengthened me like a muscle in the gym. You could call it spiritual muscle conditioning. Uh, I would spiritual say that the spiritual fitness. spiritual fitness, that's right. There you go. There you um, go. and, and I, I would say that those things have prepared me for the next one so that even though ostensibly the most recent thing looks the worst, being shackled and put in federal prison was actually worse. You know, being stuck in a courtroom for two weeks with jurors who want to kill you just because they think they they know they don't like your perceived politics. I'm not sure what they thought. That was worse. Um, being alone on house arrest and having federal probation officers harass my family um, 12 years ago was a hundred times worse. And I didn't have any money. I had no support. And, and, I, and I managed to, we managed to be resilient in the face of those impossible odds. So I think there's the spiritual 
aspect of this, which is a fight of good versus evil now, obviously. Um, and the evil has gotten worse and the good has gotten more good. And I think there's also every, every day you, you have to take care of yourself. You have to, whether it's an hour in the gym or hiking with RFK in, in Los Angeles, which I did with him. Um, he's a great man. He's very smart. He's been very supportive of me through this. Um, I spent some time with him and he, he knows a lot about Pfizer. He knows a lot about the United States government, the three letter agencies and what they're doing. Um, I think it's very important that we take care of ourselves physically because our body is our temple. And um, I make sure that every day I probably, at least for an hour to an hour and a half, I, I do that. And that is all the time we have for today here, Human Events Daily. But I want to let you know that our James O'Keefe interview, the entirety of it, will be played this Sunday. We're going to give you the entire thing, soup to nuts, the whole story of what happened with Project Veritas and how the O'Keefe Media Group was created. The truth about James O'Keefe. Tune in this Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>